And we're back. Welcome back to another Practice Makes Perfect podcast. This is your favorite Fortnite commentator here, Monster D-Face, in the building. It's episode six, bringing you guys that weekly fun content with our new addition, uh, of course, to the podcast chain line. So I hope you guys have been enjoying it. As always, we got our beloved W Key, man himself. It's the John W Key Rush. What's up, John? Hey, it's not a strategy, it's a way of life. What is up, everybody? Listen and make sure to interact on the practice server socials. We love to see y'all in the comments. Yeah, absolutely. Things been buzzing lately, man. Everything's looking up and up. DJ running the socials. Socials looking hot, broke 3K on TikTok. Uh, YouTube Shorts been very much active over there. We love to see it. So, with, without any further ado, what's up, DJ? Talk to the people. Yo, 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 yeah, we hit 3K on uh, TikTok and 100,000 likes. So two small little milestones that we accomplished within the same week. So, yeah. And we just uh, getting we, started. We're just getting started. We're uh, celebrating the small accomplishments this week, and uh, we keep going up. Absolutely. We're talking about, like, DJ started that from scratch. Uh, zero editing experience, zero social management experience. You know, he just jumped on said, hey, listen, I'm up for the, I'm up for the task. I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to take it to new heights and look at that in just about three months or so he's managed to actually pull several thousand followers on a social Whoa. handle and a hundred thousand hits um of course with with a little bit of our help on the back end right we talk about the oh, do's yeah, and don'ts there's absolutely. a lot to learn i think i think there's a whole podcast we could probably do on that dj we'll do like a summary episode of like what have you learned in the last six months and we can, oh, yeah. we can maybe share some game with some people at home um, that could, or that could getting young and into it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that'd be, I think that'd be huge for people at home, honestly. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But uh, yeah, you know what, listeners, if you'd like to hear maybe a little bit of inside, maybe some of the the biz dev that goes into trying to grow a social handle, maybe that'll be something y'all want to check out. So add us on 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 Twitter. Don't forget, you can always drop your topics if there's any time for you to get your thoughts heard about anything in the space. It's when we do the Practice Makes Perfect podcast. It's our most general pod. So uh, without any more distractions, let's get into these these, these things we want to talk about today, John. I mean, take it from the top, my boy. All right, listen, we thought we would hit you guys. um, And this is um, a tweet uh, from Deadly PG uh, on, on Twitter. And this is essentially correspondence that basically lays out that play Valorant is is purposely disallowing um, different types of inputs that would allow individuals uh, who need a touchpad because of things like in this instance uh, somebody uh, who uh, suffers from muscular disability and um, and I I honestly can only speculate as to why this is but I personally don't think that's okay uh, to negate a whole population of professional players. Yeah, and you know what. There's no reason to really speculate here because the Deadly PG puts a screenshot from the response of the Valorant devs. And this is really why we wanted to talk about this because I'm not sure who Ashen Grace is or what part of the community they represent or what part of Valorant they represent. But I'm assuming this was the community manager behind the, um, the verbiage here because the message goes as following. So this person pretty much says, hey, it's frustrating to me that I can't play the game the way I once was because you guys input this new update that eliminates the device that I was using as someone who was disabled. And the response was, hello, dear. Ashen Grace here. Um, I'd like to let you know that there is nothing wrong with your game and your system. So this is in response to the fact that you're saying, hey, something's not wrong. Uh, Something's wrong. I can't use my device anymore. They say... 
They or they go on to say touchpads are not supported because they are not optimal for competitive shooter games. So completely, I think one of the coldest responses I've seen from a handle as big as the play Valorant handle, right? Or just any any in the scene in general, like uh, for a mainstream um, entity to take this approach, like we've seen people get fired over, you know, some, some pretty cold responses like this in the past because, I mean, I'd hope that that's not how play Valorant feels, right? I'd hope not either. I, I mean, think, this is Riot yeah. Games we're talking about. I hope not. Deadly PG is obviously just trying to reach out to, you know, Valorant and let them know, hey, you know, this is this is a problem. I'm not the only one. I'm just speaking on behalf of, like he said, myself and millions of other disabled gamers. And the dev, it just, the way they answered it, it just went, it just seemed like the question just went right, or the problem went right over their head and they addressed something in a completely different manner. So, um, yeah, I think hopefully this is going to reach somebody higher up and they're going to have to readdress this in a very, uh, very quick manner, I would Yeah, I, would, I, I mean, would let's just take it into the kitchen, like, of what we do here at Practice Server, you know, like. We're by no means anywhere near the scope of an organization the size of Riot Games. Um, so it's probably a little bit easier. But like, uh, you know, when I have something as someone managing our social accounts, like I feel like I'm learning to go like, yo, Monster, you got to check this out. Because I'm like, things like this, it's it just unfortunate that so, uh, I'm going to assume that the person responding probably had good intentions. But just because you have good intentions does not excuse the harm that you cause, both to the individual on the other side. And let's be honest, this person's hearing about it at work. Like that was not a win in terms of a response. Very cold, like you said. Yeah, super cold. And, you know, just to kind of take this on, uh, the reason I really want to talk about this is because, you know, we're, we're seeing a stark contrast between, you know, a, a game and developer team like Epic, for example, whom quite literally have done so much for the scene that are disabled or, you know, have any kind of issues. Um, for example, one of the most notable early on, if you guys remember when Ewok first entered into the space, you know, right. Ewok being one of the deaf gamers, so she cannot hear, or excuse me, he cannot hear, um, you know, at all, right? Like 0%. And what Epic ended up doing, they implemented visual sound effects, right? So that people with those kind of um, hearing, you know, impairments can actually play the game and enjoy the game. There's really not many titles that go above and beyond it. I'd say like having a visual sound effect. I don't think I've seen many other games do it, let alone any shooters. Um, that's probably another reason why, you know, Fortnite just has amassed such a crazy following. Um, but to see a game like Valorant, which in today's day and age, I mean, you know, th these are the kind of things people have to be thinking about when you develop games. The gaming has come such a long way and it's so much more accessible to much more people now. I feel like these are, um, you know, the, the bar is very low and this is one of those foundations you have to have uh, when it comes down to your development roadmap, in my opinion. Yeah, and it's it's cultural it's it's cultural training too. You have like, I I think what we're seeing in orgs, not that this is you know we're not saying this is going to take down riot per se, but we've seen, you know, and we've covered this a lot on the podcast. We've seen organizations take major hits, and some even dissolve completely because as they're they're growing at a rate that is beyond their ability to train their people how to think, how to to communicate, and I think that's a huge. Um, a, a huge problem in, in vastly growing organizations is they're just putting people who don't know what they're doing. And we got the next, the next topic up is, is kind of a situation that really speaks to this as well.
Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, you know, just kind of hopping on into other things. Um, you know, when it comes down to brands, running a brand is, I mean, it it, it can be a full time job at times. And if you, if you're not fully invested and your head's not in the right space, or if you're not qualified for the job, issues can easily come. And in this space, you can't really hide them. Um, in this no. next instance, we had, I guess, a I would call this a rookie, like a nice little rookie mistake here. Um, yep. at esports, the handle at esports. Uh, can can I call this a conglomerate? Hold, on, let me Google the word conglomerate. Just I want to make sure I'm I'm gonna title this uh correctly here. Um, okay, a number of different things or parts grouped together to form a whole team. Okay, yeah, just think of yes, yes. At esports, very much a conglomerate. They run multiple at esports handles. They cover everything from editorial content down to uh, media content, social, you know, everything across the board. One of their endeavors is running TikTok content. And esports hit a little bit of a snag here. Now, in their endeavors to try and be the number one house space and hit everything that is or can, uh, I guess, cater to a gamer's interest, they hired someone to run their TikTok channel. And this poor, poor soul decided that it was a good <laughs> idea to start downloading fully edited content from other creators, um, you know, influencers and things like that in the space and just straight, I basically slap their handle on it and upload it outright without putting zero to no effort into it. Yeah. Um, this, I just want to say, is a no-no in esports. I mean, yeah. DJ, as someone who runs our TikTok, talk to me about, before we get into, the, you know, why this is wrong or, you know, whatever. Like, this is just, let's just talk to me a little is, bit about the process here. This is just pure laziness coming from whoever is. is running their social there media. Pure laziness. And it's unfortunate because... I assume esports, the people higher up, they got other stuff that they're worrying about. Monster can vouch. He's he runs he runs his own business. There's other things that you're worrying about day to day, even minute by minute, hour by hour. You're not always checking to see what the social is up to, especially if you know you hire somebody, you're expecting them to do a job for you, and do the job the right way. You know, and here we go is just somebody just being pure lazy and just not not doing the job right and. Man, to just to be stripping content from other other people, not giving any credit, and just to be claiming it as your own, it's just that's just bad raps for I mean, for esports. I, and I want to I want to put the shoe on your foot here, DJ. Let's just say you know you dropped some bangers, especially lately on the on the practice server channel, right? Um, we're talking like hundred k plus hits now, right? So you you got some you got some some hitters. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. how would you feel like you just you go you're scrolling. And you see your clip that you created, you edited, you put together, you figured out the hashtags, the proper, you know what I mean? You made it catchy. And then you uh, see that on someone else's account, like no credit to you or Prack, like in any way. Like heart, how, heart how would, would drop. How my heart would drop, honestly, man. <laughs> make because especially after, you know, the amount of time and effort, not only me, but other content, you know, creators put into, you know, their livelihood and making these videos and, uh, for for people's businesses, like for practice server, you know, I would hate to see something pop off that we made um, to not get credit for it. You know, I, I'm a big believer in, you know, credit needs to be, you know, you know, do where, it, where it's given. And, and you got to give credit. First and foremost, you got to give credit. Gotta, gotta do that. Yeah and, and, yeah. and just to make it clear for everyone listening is like, there is a big difference between what, took place in this instance and react content 
Um, you know, like react content is like very popular, but, but when you watch it and it's done and there's even been some like healthy accountability in that space, right? Like we've seen that happen, like good, healthy dialogue of like, Hey, you know, you reacted to my YouTube video. You didn't shout me out, you know, whatever, but, um, that's good. But holistically, this is react content where you, this person is clearly saying this is react to this content. They're linking, they're shouting out. And a lot of times it's really, really good for the creator who's getting reacted to, you know, like the, the, uh, uh, the, the constant one. And y'all, y'all always hear me talk about him. Cause he's who I watch the most Asmin gold will react to somebody's YouTube video. And then he will encourage people to subscribe and to, or to follow to, you know, watch in his views. Like that is a positive thing, right? It's almost like the collaborative nature. This just literally taking someone's thing, hitting download, screen capping, however they did it, and then smacking a logo on top of it in no way was pointing to the original creator. And so it was like, it was genuinely, it was, it was stealing. But more importantly, not, not that it wasn't pointing to the original creator. It wasn't pointing to the creative behind the editing that was making the content because you know, what makes this more of like an egregious or like, you know, what makes this really an issue is that someone put in a lot of effort to edit the content, string it together and make it, you know, worthy for the social handle. So for all our listeners, um, you know, th- 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 there's a big takeaway here. Do not steal from other creatives. Like it's just, it's never going to work well. And, you know, it, it's a, it's a bad, it's just a bad thing to do. You know, like it kind of, it taints your reputation. Um, And for esports, like we said, they had to pretty much put out a whole PR notice about this. Like, Hey, listen, yeah. we're sorry. We definitely made a mistake here. The person we hired, you know, didn't, didn't do their due diligence. They didn't realize this was a mistake in this field. Um, and, and yeah, they just had to go through, like, honestly, the, the, the circus wheel, if, if you will, to kind of clear the air on this one, um, which is kind of what you have to do at this point. Um, and I feel bad because I know the folks behind the esports handle, you know, so like those guys are hard workers, all entrepreneurs are talking about CEOs that have run multiple successful businesses and have done a lot of, um, you know, great ventures, but yeah, man, to, to have someone kind of tarnish their, their brand and their reputation, that's a tough one. Uh, especially with the way, again, like, like DJ said it, I found it to be so funny. It was just straight laziness. You, you can't, Literally. you can't expect to steal people's content and get away with it. Those yeah. kinds of things are just not going to work. in this day of age. In this day and age, you are going to hit that cancel culture. Um, one, one other thing that kind of, I guess, to continue to jump down the, the rabbit's hole here, we're going to talk about another brand that have recently just been under fire. It's G4 TV, yep. whom G4, man, I want to give, first of all, a hats off to them because they have been making content. I feel like when I was in diapers, but yeah, I wasn't really. Bro, diapers. same. I was, just a, I was a kid, though. You know, I was They a did kid. a lot for the culture. This. They did so much for the culture. They took a long-needed break because, you know, gaming wasn't what it once was for a little bit of time there. Um, and as it became more mainstream, as, as we, I think we could, it's all fair to say, now that it's a lot more mainstream, they made their return. They made their return with um, star brands and, and folks behind it. And what I want to talk about today is the fact that they had a creator, a women creator, uh, one of their co-hosts on their channel, I'm actually going to search it up here so I can give her proper credit to her name. See, credit, it's not that hard to do. You just want to go ahead and find it. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> no, but seriously, go. so what, what, or as a matter of fact, John, uh, you can, you can play the video for the, yeah. for the people that, um, that are watching on the live. But what ends up happening is this creator ends up speaking up about the inequalities that women face within esports. This is a very hot topic. It's a very important topic to talk about. Um, because a lot of the times women in gaming and esports in particular have gone through 
tons of you know hurdles and and had to overcome a lot just to face a little bit of equality and sometimes respect bare minimal yep. that someone should give someone in a, in a lobby and she spoke up on behalf of them but the reason the controversy comes in is because the same thing she spoke about um sexualizing content the over sexualization yep. of women in esports and gaming g4 went on to go basically do some collaborative content with Amareth, mm-hmm. who if anyone knows the kind of content she does it is very much peak sexualization absolutely and for whatever reason g4 thought it was a good idea to get this woman in a two-set bikini on their channel to do some content for them yeah we'll play we got our friend uh jake lucky with a with a with a banger uh a little clip to it uh and also shout out to the full squad gaming a little announcement there uh jake, yes sir we, yes sir. We, we love your stuff big fans of it so we'll just run this for a little bit we'll play this underneath on the stories that we're going to cover which is always going to be a wide variety when i saw some recent drama around amaranth and g4 tv which one isn't their drama probably for a doozy on this one as g4 tv and amaranth facing tons of backlash as of late after a supposed controversial moment where amaranth was yet again on the g4 tv network doing some some content alongside austin and i like like he's called it some content (laughs) (laughs) call some content yo if, if my wife walks in right now, boys, you just gotta <laughs> cover. Why G4 TV and Amaranth blew up in virality yet again around that previous speech as to what some people are calling hypocrisy from G4 to have that speech from Frost about women not existing to be nice on the eyes for you and the problem with sexism uh, and amongst other things in a very lengthy speech, right? And then having this type of content, people calling that hypocritical of G4 to support one of those speeches, but also to support the content where Amaranth is is doing these kind of things. It is a little hypocritical, but the hate and backlash for this was so drawn out and blown up. I feel like no matter what G4 did in the future, if they ever included content where a woman was maybe dressed down a little bit or revealed a bit too much, they were set to be flamed because of that frost speech I want, I want you to pause right there yeah, i think i think jake hit that like just nail on the head that g4 kind of set themselves up to take a bullet like at some <laughs> point or another and and i'm happy jake recognized that because that's very important whenever a brand i think even a influencer entity just in general um the bigger you are the you know the harder they fall is what they say and in kind of this 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 culture in this space, people are just gunning, just waiting for an opportunity to take a swing at you, especially when you're when you find yourself in a situation when you're coming down. Um, and this is one of those things that I feel like was going to be inevitable. Um, and and we see it all the time where people take a stance for something and they just wait for that moment where you know maybe you've outgrown that decision, maybe you've outgrown that perspective, and you go a different direction to just call you a hypocrite or come at your neck. Yeah, you got to be careful. In taking a stand for something, um, yeah, you could dig your own grave. You just gotta, you gotta think, you gotta try to think through situations. Things like, like saying, you know, it kind of, uh, it kind of makes me think of like uh, before I was a parent, I used to say stuff like, "Oh, I would never, I will yeah. never, you'll <laughs> never see me, bro." I used to judge parents like I'd see like a kid watching shows on their iPad, and I'd be like, "Oh, such bad parents." They got a da da da. I I played outside, bro. Let me tell you, we got yeah. my daughter an iPad. You just gotta be careful because it, it does it does set you up. You know, the harder you crash out on someone else, could be the setup for your own downfall. Mm-hmm. 
DJ, any any other perspectives on this? Oh man, I just think they the way they came about it was just just the wrong message they're trying to send it for the long term, you know? Like I'm not sure what they had termed, uh what they achieved short term out of that, but uh yeah, it it wasn't worth it at all and uh, it just sucks to see cuz there are so many great content creator female content creators out there that, you know, deserve the shine and deserved you know to be put you know in the spotlight and they don't get the spotlight i think i saw within women's athletes alone just like only 10 percent of them get like that the the shine that like a male athlete would get so it's it's really sad to see that they uh wasted the opportunity there and and that was that was the whole thing with why uh frisk like we said before um frisk she was the one who kind of went on about it you guys can search it up she again flawlessly it almost sounds like she just spoke from the heart as a female creator in the space. You can tell that she is very much has been a victim to a lot of the things she spoke about. Um, again, just around sexism and the over-sexualization of content and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, you know, just, just hearing her talk about it, something that you don't heard talk about very often, let alone spoke about on a big platform, right? Let's, let's think about that for a second. The right. implications of having your forward facing host or co-host speak on behalf of you in real time, in a heated moment, um, about anything that has political weight or significance to the culture is very much a brand risk. And when you allow that to happen, I mean, that's why people were, you know, parading the G4 brand for a little bit. They were very much like, wow, like this is the kind of platform we need standing behind women in the space so that we can make change and movement and and kind of develop the scene forward. And then only again to what seems like have them go in reverse or be hypocritical on that same platform is what makes this a very big issue in the space and people aren't letting it go i think yeah. rating just in general which is crazy to think about how like quote-unquote cancel culture works but mm -hmm. like ratings in general uh in general have already affected g4 i think the memes in their comments hasn't really slowed down either so they've kind of opened up a little bit of a can of worms for them here yeah and it's, it's something that's going to I don't know. Maybe it'll, you know, dissipate after some time, give it some time and people forget about it like anything on the internet, but for now they're they're feeling the heat. Yeah, and it reminds me of, uh, you know, recently Activision Blizzard came under some heat for similar workplace uh or yeah, I would say in a more more serious manner, workplace oh, yeah. um uh safety issues of female employees and one of their first responses was to take and change some in-game characters in one of their games, World of Warcraft. Make it t deleting some characters outright, deleting some references, and then just changing the way some of the characters are dressed. And I think in a boardroom, when you're in a boardroom, that sounds like a great idea. It's like, right. oh, we're acting on it. We're, we're showing the people. But to so many female gamers and, and other people around the world, it seems so like half-hearted. It felt like, oh, this is what you think we're talking about. Women aren't safe to work. And I just think it's... Uh, it's a it's a very careful work you've got to do to try to put yourself in how someone else's shoes and try to enact change. It can't be something that you make like flippant statement. I think a lot of times people try to enact change just through like statements and like the big moves, but a lot of it is like the things that you have to do over time uh, uh, to to really change. Um, and I wanted to say to everyone listening, uh, both live in the chat and listening back, this is episode six of the Practice Makes Perfect podcast. And we're really looking towards around somewhere around episode 10, um, bringing some guests on. And so um, if there are amazing, um, on this topic, if there are amazing female creators or, 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 or esports coaches or social media managers, anyone in the scene 
um, we would love love to love to know about them at us. You know, we certainly want to be a part of the the solution if we're going to point out the problem. Yeah, definitely. And and this is something that we're going to continue to be a little more proactive with. Like you said, we'll start looking at guests. We'll get some different voices on here, some different perspectives, and um, it'll 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 continue to just make for good content. Um, I, you know, and that's one of the things. Like, if you just kind of want to wrap it back into our personal brand, and one of the things I stand for, it's like, uh, trying to include the youth, right? Supporting yeah. the amateur scene, supporting like if for whatever reason, if I ever start going down the opposite route, if you start seeing me promote paraphernalia and <laughs> uh, uh, you know, these these. <laughs> I don't know. I could go down a really patient. bad list here. I don't even want to throw them out there. I don't want to put myself in a <laughs> Because sometimes money talks. Now, let me stop. Hey. You know, like, like, <laughs> a like monster no, deface vape pen, <laughs> dude, the vape pen bite now 14 road. Like, no, but seriously, like, you know, like that's one thing that the practice server brand does. Like, that's one thing that I make sure that we stand behind is like trying to support the youth, support the kids and be role models in the space. And for whatever reason, I end up deciding, you know what? Forget being a role model. We're going to go <laughs> toxic. Um, You know, you guys, for all means, start throwing the nails in the coffin. Like I deserve that kind of thing because I've painted the brand to be this. And it's something I believe in. Um, but yeah, you know, that that's that's just, again, esports, man. We covered a lot of esports. There's yeah. a lot of very interesting. Let's end guess, on a happy note, though. We have one more thing we should end on, though. That's a we happy should. note. It's a happy let's, note. Let's turn up. It's, it's, a, it, it's, a, it's a happy note before we get into the patch notes. Um, <laughs> there's a streamer um, who I don't know much of the backstory before I saw Courage JD tweet about it. Um, but this is apparently is one of Courage JD's favorite streamers. And she, up, up until this week, was a 79-year-old grandmother oh who streams gosh. on Twitch and plays World of Warcraft. And she was doing a subathon to celebrate her 80th birthday. And Courage JD tweeted about it. And um, somebody that we talked about on the last uh, episode, Trainwreck, had a very meaningful interaction. I want to run the clip. We'll, we'll make sure that there's at least some audio for you guys at home. And then we'll, of course, narrate it as it goes. But it was, it was a pretty cool moment. She's streaming on her birthday, 80th birthday, Subathon, World of Warcraft. This is wild. What? what was make, sure, make sure you turn it up, too. Oh, the rage. I don't have my... Oh, I do too have an enraged thing. Who have been coming? 220. What? 220 Who subs. What? Wait, what wait, wait. Said. What was that? $10,000? What? What? No. <laughs> Are we serious? <laughs> Who donated $10,000? Who did that? He's a famous streamer. Listen to this. Who donated ten thousand. Somebody donated ten thousand dollars. Wait till she says it. From who? From Trainwrecker. <laughs> Trainwrecker. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. That's that pretty much wraps the clip, fam. But she just goes on oh. to just be blown away. She tweeted that it's the best birthday she's ever had. Uh, Courage was talking about um, how amazing it was that his community got to help her, and then of course, you know, shout out to Trainwrecker. Uh, for coming through with a ten thousand uh, dollar sub, man. And here's 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 donation. what I want to talk about. Yeah, donation. That's just hard cash yeah. for for grandma there. Yeah, yeah. Um, who goes <laughs> on, by the way, to say that she can now afford the dentures she wanted, which is as wholehearted as it gets, I guess. So she's gonna get herself some new dentures for her new ten k, and you know whatever else she wants to do with that yeah, money. Ice but, those babies out. 
<laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. What what's cool about it, and this is another kind of like a full circle, I guess, story for the podcast. We were just talking about Train Rex. This is the same guy that we were just talking about who is very generous on the Twitch platform, one of the few streamers that uses his platform to do some of the most good and harm, I guess, to the platform you could ask for. <laughs> because on a on a day-to-day, on a regular basis, he gives back so much to different people. And, and that's what we love about him. But on the other side, you know, I can't say that I appreciate his gambling streams, right? I, you know, for obvious reasons, it just it puts gambling in front of people. It's just such an addiction that can be uh, problematic for folks. But not to overshadow all the good that Trainwreck has done, this is one of those instances where once again he steps up and he hits it out the park. But also, hats off to Courage JD because Courage, someone who is one of the most successful influencers of the new decade of the new age, he very much understands influence, his influence, the power of his social handle and his channel. And for him to show, honestly, like it's just, it's just such a kind thing to do for him to shout out this person who can clearly use the support because she's doing, you know, a subathon, which a lot of streamers live honestly paycheck to paycheck, like moment to moment, stream to stream, and just hope that things go well by the end of it. Um, you know, outside of, of course, having that passion for him to do that, knowing very well that a person or two, right, is going to support this, uh, this streamer was very kind of him. Um, so, you know, honestly, shout out to my boy Courage. Um, he, I can say on and off camera is just one contagious energy filled dude. He's, he's an awesome person. And it just goes to show it's one of the, you know, cooler things we've seen anyone do with their platform in recent times. Um, and we should be seeing a lot more of that. There's so many people that have all this pull and do, don't really do much good with it. Um, so I hope to see more. I love it. I love it. Well, that was notable new news. We love to give you a variety of uh, esports and gaming topics. And again, if you guys ever have anything you'd love to hear Monster D Face or myself and DJ talk about, please interact with us on socials. Um, we we want to converse with the community. And this podcast allows us to cover not only Fortnite. Um, which in many ways is our namesake, but also get into different games and different topics, and we love the opportunity uh, to Ooh, do so. Wait, yeah. I got one more. Uh-oh, one more. I want to give a shout-out. Yeah, I want to give a shout-out to Intel and the Intel Inspires program. We actually just finished up our five, two $5,000 scholarships on behalf of Practice Server Yo. to um, collegiate uh, east, folks in the esports space, and we're going to be announcing the winners and uh, we filmed some awesome content. We pretty much had the pleasure of gifting them their scholarship. They thought they were just doing a finalist panel interview. And instead, I surprised them at the end. Like, hey, by the way, this isn't just, you know, the finalist. You already won, my man. And then, like, we end up dropping the, uh, dropping the scholarship oh, cool. on them and stuff like Let's that. Let's go. So, the videos are going to be coming out. I, yeah, I forgot that, yeah. you know, that even happened. But, yes, it's, it's on the timeline. It'll be coming too. Shout out to uh, AVGL. And of course, the Intel Inspires team for you know deciding to include us and and help you know connect us connect the dots here to help us give a scholarship on behalf of uh, the practice server. So really cool stuff. You know, it's it's little things like that, right? Using our platform for good. These are the kind of things we want to continue to do in the space. And uh, even with the podcast, you know, kind of bringing cool stuff to the scene. I think last week we talked about Swearin's Boomer tournament, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and, yeah. And as more and more cool things develop and maybe you have someone you know that's working on something cool please bring those projects to us let us know what's going on we would love to use our platform to continue to support people so um i think it's a good time to just plug that in there 
because it, it was something cool that I did develop. I should have threw it on the patch notes or shout pod out notes. Intel. Pod notes. <laughs> if but if eleven year old John Rush playing uh, Age of Empires two would have been told that he got to be a part of a podcast that shouted out Intel, he'd be peeing a little bit, man. I freaking love this what we bit. do, man. <laughs> I love this, man. I love it. The good energy. Well, hey, we've we've only got two two topics on the docket when it comes to Fortnite. Um, they're both important. I think we should shout out our friends first because we're we know we're gonna be in the rabbit hole for a while with the new update. Um, you guys okay with that? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's go. All right. I want to I want to talk about it from my perspective. I love when social media. It's very hard to do these days, but when social media genuinely has a narrative, it pulls you in. It it, it makes you go, what's going on? And when I started seeing our friends at TNA talking about like they were wrapping it up, I'm like, wait, what? And then they started to tweet their wins. And then I'm like, wait a second. That's not, they are really good. How are they not? And I think they were so smart the way they did it, knowing that there have been so many esports orgs that have folded. It kind of fit the narrative. And then they flipped it on us with a huge announcement. Yeah, so I was partially right. Remember what I thought was emerging of orgs. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it at that. They did kind of end up doing that. They end up merging uh, P, uh, TNA, guys. The owners, uh, Joaquin and Kirsch, end up announcing that it's true that TNA Fortnite is no longer. Uh, and that's because they've actually fully merged on in with PSG. I mean, John, you know a lot more about PSG and the football or soccer <laughs> community than I do. Um, so let's just talk about the significance about, you know, mainstream international brands um, kind of breaking into esports and collaborating with an organization like TNA. TNA was already winning, by the way, and now they're just taking even more Ws. Yeah, well, um, uh, PSG is one of the most, like, they're a Premier League uh, soccer team like in and and I should say football team you know and 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 uh football is uh you know uh, maybe not so in America but you know there's a large world out there it is like it is a massive sport and so to get to see a premier league like uh 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 Paris Saint-Germain uh coming and like basically co-signing esports is huge and they're not new to the esports space but they are new to Fortnite and um uh, we were looking at some of the DJ and I were looking at some of the other um, uh, notable football players and, and orgs that have kind of gotten into the Fortnite and esports space because while at one sense it still is some early adopters, people are catching on quick. Yeah, and and I was just going through the PSG social handles. I mean, their biggest social handle looks to be approaching 12 million followers. So like that's their you know again soccer, football, international fandom, and then they have like. A following for each of the languages so that's that's when you know you get to like a different level of successful you have social handles for arabic brazil you know which you know comes out in portuguese spanish like all these different languages because your your following is that large um so again this is now maybe the third or fourth instance where we see like mega soccer football brands breaking into the space doing collaborations and some world or another i mean some of the ones that we had a hand in was actually galaxy racer another brand from um you know the middle eastern community uh, mostly signs uh, middle eastern collab uh, uh, influences i should say recently just picked up arab to represent them he kind of fits the fits the narrative fits the space for them uh they ended up doing an international tournament of eu versus me middle east which was a huge success and they had alba from team arsenal on their 
you know, kind of front lines and doing social promo, and he was a part of everything. And him and Benji Fishy played together. Super sick stuff. Another, I guess, esport that we've seen collaborate with other, um, you know, ce celebrities, or not even collaborate. In this instance, David Beckham owns a piece of Guild Esports. Yep. He invested um, what looks to be something in the tens of millions of dollars because he's he's to be paid at least 19 mil or something like that yeah. so cr crazy stuff happening in esports yeah and yeah, for, like, hey, forgive us footballers like if we're using terminology like none of us are footballers you know what we know is that psg is a massive football brand okay um i did i did um before the show i can confirm they are france's most winningest soccer team like football whoa. team. so that's crazy. Big empire. Huge, huge players on that squad. Goat, notable goats. But as you see right here in the video, this is like their introduction video of, you know, Fortnite crossing over into uh, PSG. And uh, hats off to TNA because there, there's multiple, multiple players or uh, signees to the org that have stuck with them for a very long time when, you know, TNA has kind of been a, a ship, you know, that sinking may at times no none of them jumped off board you know and as you see in um the video um there's a behind the scenes video uh where they do all link up and uh take you know get some clean drip and uh take videos and uh take pictures for the behind the scenes look at this and you know oliver og miro muzz you know all these notable people who have stuck with tna you know they're here for the for the for the crossover so it's nice to see um TNA rewarding those gentlemen who uh, who have you know held it down for for the squad. Yeah, I mean we even have Mini Miner in the chat who is you know very much an active part or was an active part of TNA now part of PSG TNA. Is it is it PSG TNA or TNA PSG? What is the what is the way that everyone's so it's PSG it? TNA on okay. the handles and then officially New Age TNA is TNA's uh, handle to cover the broader scope of content creation um, and esports. There you go. So, like, you know, the new age TNA is going to continue to be very much a part of the scene. They're going to continue to expand and do what they do. Uh, but PSG TNA is now going to be that Fortnite umbrella. So, you know, Fortnite branching out, being directly here is, is huge. I think and I feel like we're going to see more of this because let's not forget that phase Man City, right? Man City threats is very much a thing. Now, what happens if we get 8, 9, 10 plus you know, major collaborative organizations like this, of uh, football teams coming on in, creating their own game divisions. Does that open up the playing field for us to see a more competitive ecosystem, a bigger league, right? Something that's properly funded per se, right? And, and ran a little differently than something that we traditionally see via the FNCS or the Epic. I feel like there is so much opportunity here now as these teams continue to invest in this space. And it really opens up the playing field for a, a crazy future. Like none of us can know what the future is going to hold now. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's just crazy. And, and again, sometimes for some of you like uh, younger listeners, you know, not that we're like too old or anything, but I do feel like, like we've, we've seen like in our, you know, monster are the same age. And we've seen literally gaming go from this closet thing you got made fun of for doing that no one took seriously um, to really in, 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 a, in what is ultimately a short amount of time, all of a sudden be evaluated as, you know, a multi-billion dollar industry. Um, and these brands, on one hand, the gamer in me, 
uh, there's a part of me that's like, wow, this is so cool because you guys are legitimizing what's happening here. Then the other part of me, the other energy is like, yeah, dang straight y'all come over here. You guys are just, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just cool. It's cool. It's both. It's nice to see the, the crossover. And like you said, like what you say growing up wasn't really something. Man, these guys are just as competitive in in their athletic ability as they are in their gaming ability these days. And, and that's something that a lot of them are proud of. And it's something that, um, you know, I think a lot of these, you know, athletic players have been advocating more towards their organizations and the higher ups. And the higher ups are just now starting to realize, you know, the uh, the opportunities, just like Monster had just mentioned it. You know, I see a bright future with this. So it's going to be yeah. nice to see. The, the, the competitive landscape is starting to open up. These mainstream brands are continuing to break in, uh, especially within the Fortnite space. Um, Castor Lash in the chat just brought out something very interesting. Team Complexity being owned by the Cowboys. Like, there are so many, you know, crossovers that are happening. And these are, like, I feel like little sleeper announcements, right? They hit headlines, and then they kind of fizzle down. You don't really know what they're doing. Um, but it's only a matter of time before all the big juggernauts come out at once and, you know, maybe some groundbreaking developments and announcements are made that are going to change the landscape forever that's really what i think everyone's betting on and that's why people ceos entrepreneurs that are willing to invest in honestly take the risk to build an organization um you know i respect them so much it takes it takes a whole lot of courage to do that so shout out to curse Shout out to Joaquim. Shout out to the whole crew behind that brand. Um, they came into the Fortnite space as their first competitive title, uh, if I'm not mistaken, pretty much his first esports endeavor. And they turned that product into something successful in such a little time. There are not many people that are able to do that, let alone be as strategically sound as they have been and um, do it in a way that has been the right way, if you will, right? Nothing crazy sketchy nothing shady like they've just been very much a stand-up brand stand-up organization and good people behind the brand and not only that one of the few brands that i always talk about they have managed to put themselves out there forward facing so people know who kirsch is people know who joaquin is right like people know who are the faces behind the brand and that's how Lead. it should be they're leading by example over there you'd love to oh see yeah it. absolutely yeah i just i'm quickly i i'm doing like just some quick quick numbers work here. And so we're not, I'm not saying this for the sake of being the best uh, status, statistician in the world, but I was recently talking with a college who actually monster, um, I'm waiting to introduce them to you, but could be some really cool um, partnership with some activations. A college in, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, who is, um, who is went full send with their esports program launching this fall. It's called North Central uh, University. Um, they reached out to me because of some of the work that they've done with practice server and some of my other esports endeavors. Um, we had just knew some friends of our friends and they're going full send with a quarter of a million dollar um, uh, facility. They're recruiting Oof. players right now. And one of the stats they shared with me or one of the things they were looking at uh, was how um, a few years ago they had gone all in in the, the sport lacrosse uh, because it's an emerging region. Um, and um, in uh, essentially what they realized is that the number of um, high schools participating in esports now is already almost eclipsing every high school in America that's playing lacrosse. And wow. so and so they're realizing that something as, you know, look, when I think of lacrosse, it feels like a very established traditional sport. And, and these colleges are already seeing the data behind, man, there is, this is growing faster than I think even we realize. 
Yeah, and and it's crazy because they're seeing the the activity pick up way more than they they would have expected as well. And when you start blowing those metrics out the water, I mean, that's that's when the investments come. And we're seeing a lot of schools, I think, break into, uh, not not break into necessarily. I should say more so investing in these departments, investing in more of the technology side, more of the gaming side, and in particular the competitive side. Because if you can break into that, if you can create an ecosystem. Um, those are the things that we remember as we continue to grow up. Those are the things that shape us. Um, having a community and a culture to be a part of, especially you know when you're in your teens and in, in those youth years, which could be the most difficult, um, that could be the difference that changes folks' lives. So um, I'm happy we're seeing more of that. And that's yeah. actually really cool to get, I guess, a little bit more of a deep insight that we would never really hear otherwise, right? These are stories that aren't necessarily published. These are you know, little bits of detail that aren't ever shared publicly. So, you know, just bringing that little bit of insight, I think it's just invaluable just to kind of give people, I guess, an, an understanding of how the culture really is shifting and the times are changing. Absolutely. Well, um, I know it's the moment y'all have been waiting for. I'm about to unleash the beasts here. Um, some uh, complimenting opinions and some conflicting opinions I've seen in our Discord chat throughout the day from Monster and DJ, but newest update from Fortnite. Um, we're recording this on uh, March 20th, and so we're just very brand new, tiptoe um, mm -hmm. into um, this new season. Uh, resistance, gentlemen, what's at the top of your mind? I mean, we got patch notes queued up, we got clips queued up. Uh, you you want to walk through the patch notes, y'all? Yeah, let's watch it. Let's walk through the patch notes just to give everybody up up to speed who maybe is a little unfamiliar because we're going to be talking about some things that you know if you haven't even touched the game yet you might not might not be too familiar so it's good to get everybody on a similar player base look at that first sentence read it building has been wiped out <laughs> that, that that's correct building has been completely wiped out in the public matches um the only place where you could still build is in creative islands and in um arena so I have not actually gotten a chance to jump into the uh, public side of it, but uh, I have been playing the arena side of it, and uh, there, there's a lot to uh, unfold. Um, we could start first by uh, there's movement upgrades. Um, there's now running. You could sprint in the game. Uh, there's now what they call mantling, uh, where you can, I guess, climb. If you're out of builds or just want to be more efficient with your builds or just go about a different tactic of, you know, attacking your opponent that they have not seen yet. Um, well, and I want to pause on, on the mantling really quick. So for everyone who's worried that they're not going to bring building back in any uh, sort, they mantling is a brand new mechanic that works with builds and they release it at the same time. So they're, they're going, there is going to, there is going to be building again. So everyone calm down. We've already seen some really, really cool uh, gameplay. We can show that uh, in, in a little bit here. I'll cue it up as, as Monster gives some of his initial takes. I want to, um, but it's, we've seen some really cool uh, things take place with Mantling. It looks like you can um, basically like drop from height and catch yourself, uh, which is, is going to change some end game, going to change some of the mechanics when building probably inevitably returns to at least professional play. But I want to hear what you guys think about the overshield. I, this, was, this is what they put in temporarily to help uh, satiate the thing, uh, the, the loss of defense uh, from, from building. What do you guys think of this? 
I think I think this should be a permanent introduction to the game across the board. One of the bigger issues that everyone has, you touch down, you don't have shields, and you're kind of nervous to push the opponent, right? You feel very much like a wet napkin. You're just going to get torn in half if someone turns the corner and burns on you. So I think that I think having this overshield is very much a, a net positive for the for the community as a whole. Um, I want to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, the overshield is only in the public game mode it's in, Only in the public game mode yeah That's it's, it's it's not in arena it's not in the competitive game mode it's there to again complement the fact that you don't have builds to kind of alleviate um you know you just being zero to one or 100 to zero essentially for running out in the field um and believe it or not guys i want to encourage you to jump in the game and play fortnite right now with no builds it feels like a different game um, I'm going to talk about what I really like about it and why I think it should be quite possibly a permanent involvement to the game. It's such uh -oh. a fresh take and, and feel in the game. I'm telling you, it's crazy. Um, and we're, we'll get to that. But another thing I really want to talk about is how Fortnite is evolving, like literally season after season, chapter after chapter. Uh, it kind of began when we jumped on this new engine and we saw the introduction of the diving mechanic through the water mm -hmm, mm -hmm. big change well you know welcome change and then all of a sudden we're able to build on the water huge improvements right then we we pretty much get blindsided new movement tech comes in out of nowhere we're able to slide literally slide in the game this introduces all kinds of cool tech healing down mountains faster rotates just all types of dope stuff and then now they throw sprinting in the game and i think sprinting is another we're gonna look back at this one day and just probably just think to ourselves another very much pivotal you know piece and, and core portion of fortnite and movement and the game probably will never feel uh the same without it right if they end up removing it same thing with like sliding and stuff we're just gonna mm -hmm. look back one day and be like dude how do we play with like without any of this you know yeah. what i mean i feel like yeah. the game's come such a long way and this movement is is just so good it's so so fresh yeah and so fresh talk about it dj well, I mean, just, I was just going to hash on somebody who has been playing for 12 hours of it already. You know, uh, Nick830 himself, he said, uh, without building, end games feel so strategic. You know, positioning, awareness, rotations, they're all so important. Um, he said, remember getting your first win? Uh, that's what winning feels like now since it's a whole different obstacle to overcome. Which is, which is wild. But our, 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 our boys, Bonsai Bros, said a similar thing. Fortnite is so fun right now. There's no builds for nine days. This means you have a chance to win against all those creative warriors that made you quit. Um, I, I've seen I like it. That. I have seen it um, myself. Like, I am one of those people who opted to, to spend my time on Warzone and Apex because my, uh, my, my game sense and my muscle memory, everything just geared towards that. And I, I, I made that choice. Right, wrong, or indifferent, I made that choice. And I'm telling you, I updated the game. I'm ready to jump in. And my timeline oh. has been full of Warzone players and Apex players talking about getting in the game. Tifu is talking about Fortnite. Tifu literally tweets saying, Fortnite um, looks like it's going to be so fun. I'm telling you, I think this is genius. And, and, I, and that's what like makes me kind of like a little bit devastated that they said they're removing it in just a couple of days. I don't feel like 10 days is enough for us to really feel the impact that it's going to hit on the community, on the player base, you know, what's going to come of it, the kind of interest that it, this can spark, because I think this is only the beginning 
And I, I hope the numbers go crazy. But I also genuinely feel like this is a world where you can parse out the competitive players, like the real competitive players that want to play the game this way, and the ones that want to play the game just like what feels like, and I hate to use this word, but like raw, just gunplay skill, right? There's a different level of just like raw skill that goes into games that don't have buildings, games that don't have, you know, anything that basically depends around this additional ecosystem because all of a sudden in a game like Fortnite, ecosystem becomes very much a part of your chances at success in a battle, right? This is just a literal factor and, and it's something to think about. So you know, it, it it really parses the game into two compartments. And that is why I think we should have permanent no builds mode in Fortnite. I know it's crazy to think about because like Fortnite was built and literally became so popular because of the building. And the building made the game the the most incredible, you know, PV the most, most incredible shooter we've ever seen. Um, but at the same time, the fact that we've kind of fallen in love with this game already, parsing it out too, we have an equally, I think, successful product now. Like, with how far the game has come. Could you imagine a Fortnite drop today just the way it is with no building, but, like, that was the game? This is such a dope game product, like, because, as, it, as it stands. Because that is... And I think here, here's, here's the thing. Here's what I want. I want. I want the game and the competitive community to have the game that they want. And I think that overwhelmingly that includes building, right? And there are thousands of people possibly millions, you know, probably millions who have invested into developing the skill of building. And they're probably feeling like their investment, you know, is, is, is wasted in this new meta. But I'm just saying, man, there's a blessing to both. Just let both exist. And I think that when I think of Fortnite compared to any of the other popular BRs, no BR is as culturally relevant. Updating is regularly like, this is the game I want to play. And like, I am like giddy. Like, I feel like I'm, I, th- this might sound like an overstatement, but like, I'm, I- I'm really speaking out of my um, connection to the other BR titles um, and the lack of it. When you play Fortnite, it's like you're connected to the culture. Like the w- things launch for the world through this game platform. And, and I'm, I- I'm, I'm really, really excited that there is a world where we can have both. And and here's something else I, I really want to talk about too. Just like just we just talk about the mechanics that they introduced to the game. I, I think it's it's so grossly underrated what not only sliding has added to the game, but now climbing has added to the game. There have been so many moments where the end game is out of your hands because you're going up a mountain and there's nothing you can do about it. Now you can climb. You can literally scale up structures. Like this is gonna, it, it's only gonna push the creative boundaries further. And I mean, we pulled out a really, really awesome thread from Somebody's Gun. You guys might be familiar with Somebody's Gun. He's been a co-host on our um, Fortnite podcast that we've been recording. But he made such an awesome thread fishing out new tech that's already been brought to the game. Building with the climbing now? Dude, you thought like these guys are, you know, going crazy before with how fast they build? Now we're seeing people come out with these building techniques that you're able to edit and phase through builds and boost yourself up in ways that we haven't seen before. So once again, we're seeing the envelope being pushed and we're seeing competitive take a step further down like the skill gap that revolves around building, editing, and the mechanics that it takes to you know be basically professional and top tier in that compartment. Um, 
this is the time and place where I think if Fortnite can quadruple down on Arena and quadruple down on a rank system, this game can hit the revitalization that we've been talking about that, you know, I feel like it's just a matter of time before Fortnite does it again. You know what I mean? And yep. it shocks the world. And to me, no building in Fortnite and the way the game feels, the way it looks and the clips we're seeing, dude, that's, that's the headline I've been waiting for. But now with the climbing and seeing what these new professionals are doing and these creative warriors, son, I'm even more impressed. Like, it's, once again, just developments happening across the board. Innovation is, is going just wild right now. Yeah, let's take a look at these. This one that we're seeing up here, uh, on the amazing thread by somebody's gun is is being referred to as uh, climbing cancel and ghost climbing and just like if you really if you glance at this movement it just looks like Fortnite movement but really look at it this is this is different this is wild looking yeah and, and for those listeners at home that obviously uh you know only get to tune in with us via you know, via via audio, we encourage you guys to come to the live stream platforms. And if you want to just check this out, you can always come back to the twitch.tv forward slash practice server channel where the VODs are permanently saved. But um, I'll walk you through it in case that's not an option. So what's happening here, if you guys are familiar with when you, you know, when you edit a ramp and it's not connected to a structure, it just destroys because it doesn't have a foundation. Players have figured out that you can still grab those builds if you're fast enough and then still edit those ramps in real time as well while basically you getting that elevation boost from the climbing. So think about that how you will. That is just opening all types of new edits, all types of new movements. And John, this is just one of them. You can continue to scroll through for the people here in the Twitch chat. There's about four of them that are just like, who thought of this? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like, like straight up, there's so many of them. Uh, honestly, check out somebody's gun guys on Twitter if you really want to just see the thread where they're all at. It'll help kind of expedite the find for you. But there's some cool mm -hmm. stuff in there, man. Here's and this the is Fortnite. Fortnite just, again, looks even harder. than <laughs> If right. you thought it was hard before, now it looks even harder. Here's the floating one where essentially, it's a sim uh, my understanding, DJ, is that this is a similar, it's almost like a ghost build, but essentially he's using a floor that he edits out to, to pull himself up. Is that correct? Yeah, he's pulling himself up from like the bottom of that layer to the top of the next layer. So he's almost skipping a layer as he's going up. It's a um, boost. It's a boost going up another layer. So I'm curious to see how this goes against like when people are cranking 90s and trying to take height, how much more efficient it could be to do something like this. Because this is crazy how he's going up that quickly. And This right here, like that tech right there, you're, you're, you're flying. Like you're basically yeah. flying. I was just about to say, it honestly looks like he, he's almost, he's flying. Like you just mentioned at the beginning when I first watched it, I, it Jeez. almost didn't look real. Yeah. And, and I, I want to encourage you guys to check out this thread and, and, and pay attention to it. It's really, this is really amazing. Um, what's this one? Cheap way to get elevation. Oh, okay. So this is just building, oh, wow. essentially stacking walls on this. themselves and just almost doing a, a straight up vertical. It's almost like if you're building vertical monkey bars, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah true, yeah, true, yeah. true. Being it's only one mat he's using as he's going up, and he's so, going up multiple So layers. think about this. You know how people climb a mountain right now? You do a ramp. Ramping out, like, horizontally, you can't really do it vertically efficiently. And when you do it horizontally, you're opening your, your just on a strategic level, you're opening up your visuals to a line of sight that's more wider, right? It's like, think, take fencing, for example. The reason a fencer turns sideways is to be a smaller profile, right? To minimize risk. 
um, and exposure. The way this build right here, I know it looks silly and like someone's like, oh, I don't, I'm not sure how we can use this. This is a very practical way to vertically stand behind cover, climb your way all the way up, keep a low profile that you're not spotted and honestly just be inconspicuous. Like this, there, there is some cool stuff with this climbing and it's got me stoked because it just makes me think about the strategy and how the game's starting to develop. Um, this now just looks like Fortnite's gone too far. Like now I really feel like a casual player, like you roll up on somebody and you hit them with one of these, dude, he's he's really going to uninstall. You thought they were uninstalling before. No, they're uninstalling now, for sure. Yeah, there's so many movements we could go. I want to pay, I want to, I want to, uh, I want to show a tweet from NRG uh, today that I feel like sums up a little bit of, of the pro uh, community's overall feelings with no building, um, just in general. And uh, it's just a little, little tweet reminding us that it's been 105 days uh, since we've seen the, 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 the pump in, in its uh, previous uh, glory. And I, to me, what that communicates is that like this was a gun that very much so favored box fighting meta that, that while probably would be okay if you're in an indoor battle without building, um, is going to be rendered way less effective outside of a building meta. And I think they're just they're kind of letting people know. It's like, hey, this is the Fortnite we want. Yeah, they're definitely yeah. moving towards something that they've been planning. Like, like we said, they they plan these seasons ahead and ahead of time, and to see that, you know, two seasons in a row now, you've completely eliminated the pump and the assault rifle, the two staples in the game. Um, this is something they definitely have put time and effort into diverting down this path. You know, being consistent with the SMGs because who would have thought, man, that we were gonna double down and bring in an even even more lethal SMG into the game that can do 42 head damage to one shot. I mean, it's just the new combat SMP, the new combat SMG has such packed such a heavy punch. It's, it's crazy to see that, you know, we're, we're moving further down this, this hole. Yeah, and I thought, I think they thought they were going to fool us by having like low rarity, but like, we're not fooled. Like we see those numbers epic. So uh, yeah, we, we need to talk about this. The, the 2X multiplier on SMGs is disgusting. It's too strong. Everyone knows it. I hate that we have another season where this is going to be the meta, like no doubt about it, unless we have some serious adjustments. Um, And honestly, that's like the only thing in my opinion that kind of, puts a big shadow over the season. It's not the building being removed from public gaming. Um, it's, it's, not, it's not even as much as the tanks, because we didn't even get to the tanks yet. There's tanks mm -hmm. in the dang game, guys. Those are bad too, but I think it's, it's, it's keeping the game feeling the quote-unquote same. And honestly, it doesn't feel the same anymore. Not when it comes down to the movement, at least. But the gunplay does, because you have a weapon that is just, literally like the last weapon like smg smg is too powerful yeah and i i want to i want to um not only point out the tanks because that could very, very much so be something that very much so feels like a temporary measure right but a couple things that i i think are not or there's the cow catcher which this is to the best of my understanding uh dj and you can you can fill this in it, it's a it's an uh basically like equipment for your vehicles um, to in increase its ability, just overall, you can ram people. Um, and then also a healing item for your vehicles. So they're clearly making some investments with sprint, vehicle movement, um, increase. There's even, we didn't mention it, um, but um, in addition to the sprint mechanic monster, they added a shoulder charge uh, mechanic to bust through doors. 
And so if your character is sprinting towards the door, there'll, there'll be an animation where you kind of kick it down. You can surprise people. Um, this to me is, is pointing all signs to that. They're going to have two different game modes of Fortnite. Yeah. And, and like I said, they kind of, I feel like they're just testing the waters right like right now like oh no it's just going to be a couple days in here you know what i mean like we're just we're just going to see how it's going to work i think the reception is going to work very well i think the player count is about to go through the roof and we're going to see a retention we haven't seen quite possibly in years of the game now my only concern is that competitive the competitive uh, how do i say this this scene basically there's going to be a competitive scene that is going to develop in a non building version of fortnite this is where we see friday night fortnite type tournaments return we're talking 2v2s queuing into squads kill races you know what i mean like in the no build threshold like kind of like call of duty like call of duty has a thriving scene that people just genuinely enjoy around this whole like just elimination race kill race style tournaments and fortnite can very much see that resurgence and this is a place where we can see it because it died. Like, let's be honest. Kill races just fell off the face of the earth the moment, like, Arena became a real thing. And it was clear that, like, nope, pubs have, like, bots in it. And, like, you know, these AIs are kind of ruining the game and the experience. So I think there's a world where we see this new resurgence of a comp scene. And that could be the only reason why I could see some, like, uh, the developers at Epic, like, eh, this is not really what we, you know, this is an un unintended effect of having no builds in the game, right? We kind of introduced this kind of stuff back in the scene. Yeah. They're definitely back there behind the scenes, you know, crunching some numbers, you know, seeing how this viewership plays out, seeing how, you know, the community, you know, embraces it. But I think you said something earlier that kind of sticking with me. You said that these two game modes are kind of being carpentamount. Carpenter, oh my god, now I can't even Com say it. Compartmentalized. <laughs> yeah, oh wow, that was a big one for my time. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, so when they're splitting them, it's, 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 it's refreshing, and the, all these small things that they're adding, whether it be the cow, the cow catcher or, you know, the replace torch, whatever they're using, all these things have multiple, multiple effects. So it's not just that these cow catchers are running through builds all crazy, it's that you can now stack these cow catchers and use them as, um, like dummy crash pads is where you throw one at someone's wall and it inhibits them to build the wall in front of you or even build a cone inside of their box or a ramp. So it it's a lot of the pros have already exploited this. And um, I'm curious to see how this meta is going to play out in competitive because um, even the repair torch, man, if you carry yeah. that, someone's shooting out your tire, it's just an easy, easy fix now to keep, you know, something so valuable in the game to help you, um, move around i want to uh, oh go ahead monster no i just wanted to touch on that on the on the cowbell thing too like we're, we're we're seeing people like myth return to the game like when was the last time we saw you know you know you know tsm myth this man's is, been coaching uh, valorant that's you know how I mean? bad it like, got <laughs> but that's what i'm saying like he he just moved on right but this this whole new update brought him back to the game we're seeing i guess a little bit of the nostalgia kick into the fortnite space which is much needed um but he's finding interesting ways to use that item he could throw it down and use it as literal literal deployable cover and shield which is kind of cool that's a different take on fortnite it's a different version on how to use build and structure to kind of your support and your benefit in a game that doesn't have building anymore so yeah um, just cool stuff happening across the board there john i want to i want to make i want to kind of state uh i want to put together in a statement like what, what's basically happened as we've been talking about fortnite that i think is 
is, is, is a real genius of what Epic has done from even just a marketing standpoint and a community standpoint. While I do that, we, uh, Monster and DJ, we've got a lot of love in the Twitch chat right now. I think we should, uh, I, I would love if you guys could pick through a couple of the people you want to shout out and answer. And of course, all of our audio uh, playback listeners, you can join us. If you want to know when we go live, just follow at practice server on Twitter. And uh, we'd love to have you join us in the chat. Um, but this is the beauty in the, in the headline of the, of, a, of the update, no building. We just spent 15 minutes talking about building. They're somehow getting there. They made both better is what I'm like. And again, they're watching the data, but think about this. Like we in, in the same breath are talking about the impacts of no building. We're also talking about how much better and more in-depth building got. And I think what game developers do often to balance a game is they try to make like something that's like in the middle and then it makes both sets of players upset. You see this all the time, this, this, this pull between casual and competitive and it kills games. And, and there is a, there is a outcry from the competitive community when something feels too casual and then uh, people lose money and, and players when something is too tuned in uh, to where the average player can't play it. I just think, I think we're watching as, and, and granted, I'm nobody in the Fortnite space, but from my vantage point, we're watching what I think is the resurgence of Fortnite start to unfold right before our eyes. Well, here's, I think what you said is a little bit contradictory. I think what you said the devs are doing exactly just that, that can be harmful to the game. They're trying to cater too much to both sides. Um, this reminds me of the time when they removed, or excuse me, when they added Siphon to public games, it was too good. People loved it, and then they had to take it away, and we just, oh, we hated pubs after that. You know what I mean? And to this day, people get <laughs> for that. And I, I kid you not, Looking at what's happening right now, I think there's going to be people that fall in love with this game right now. And when it leaves in the nine days, because it's going to be a fast nine days, man, there's going to be some some casuals and some newfound people that found like just an enjoyment for the game that they haven't had in so long. Genuinely, just super upset. Super, super, super upset. I think if you give this time, it'll grow on people and people can learn to love. Like, dude, I like arena style Fortnite, like the comp style like and that's just the game i want to play but don't you think they can people that keep both like that's what i'm trying to say like i think if they were to keep both game yes. modes in that's what would be that's what i'm saying what I, would I don't make like, it i don't like best. that you call it game modes okay i i think that it should be i want you to think like oh well no i don't want you to think the way i think but i want you <laughs> to see it through the lens of the way i kind of see this right now and the way i want it to develop I genuinely want this to be like the progression of Fortnite. If like the hard line in the sand, this is casual Fortnite where casual Fortnite has either a, a limit to how much you can build or no builds at all, like straight up. And this is ranked Fortnite. There are builds, the gloves are off. We have a proper rank system. And like, you know, you literally lose MMR, you gain ELO, and it becomes something that professional players want to play towards. And when you are at the top of your ranking, it's, it's like a badge of honor. Like people are proud to be top rank in Counter-Strike. People are proud to be, you know, Radiant and Valorant. You know, literally like all the top ranks in any game. Um, what's it called? Like challengers in, in League of Legends, like all yeah. these different titles that have these these ranks like back in the day clash of clans you were proud to be a titan 
because you put in the work. Yep. I want to see the game be there. And I think <laughs> because we're kind of trending this weird line of like, oh, yeah, no, we're going to do a little bit here and then we're going to change it. I think this is bad for the game. And I think because we don't really have a rank season or system, I think that is terrible for the competitive scene as a whole because of how far we've grown. And here's the In truth the of it. Before I let you take the mic, DJ, I just want to leave this one thing. We've seen Epic change their perspective before. Mm-hmm. There was a time in the past, we're talking four or five years ago when the, fir- the game first came out, we weren't going to see a rank. Let's be honest. It just wasn't the time for it. The game has come such a long way. The player count has been literally chopped in who knows how many halves or multiples down. Um, the viewership wasn't what it was at you know back when it first blew up. And we're at a point now that I think they can do this and they can do it right. That's all I'm going to say. Go, DJ. Love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like, uh, I just uh, seen reading the chat. BMIC mentioned something, you know, the, the Epic sometimes is just making completely different moves, you know, doing things outside of just what they're doing right now. And I think one thing that they, that they maybe are putting in on the roadmap per se is, you know, making sure that they get a foundation for, the public players something different like you had mentioned where there may be no builds you know and um they're gonna build on that hopefully and, and, and make a core foundation out of that but like you said they need to eventually come back and reshape the arena system if you're doing something with, with the public side you need to make sure that, that the, the arena side competitive side is completely reworked into a competitive system that you know people want to be there and want to work hard and keep 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 getting better at the game because right now it just seems like they're not they're not listening to the, com- the competitive side of this what players have to say and it and it, it's it, it's stressful because even you know just like 10 15 you know uh, hours into the game have you there's a lot of competitive players who are who are just not willing to even give this a shot yet so there's a, there's a lot I know it's the preseason um there's a lot still to unfold but you know if they don't do something quick, like Monster said, with the competitive rework, um, you're going to see a lot of these players switch over to Val and, and stay there forever. I have a question for you guys when it comes to the ranking system. Do you think that there's any thought in uh, the, the devs' minds that uh, the cash cup system, the, the, the in-game integration of the competitive scene satiates that need? Because, for instance, like Apex and Warzone... Pretty much no other title, to my knowledge, has as great of a fully integrated competitive, you know, tournament cash payout scene. Do you feel like the devs are like confused? Like, wait, so you're just asking for what we already give you? Does that make sense? Well, I think I think the issue is with Fortnite in particular, this is something I've talked about in the past. I think they gave away too much too soon, too quickly. Even to this date, there's way too many cash cups that happened around the clock. The scene was overly spoiled. I mean, we got to a point in time, let's not forget, where someone was, not someone, the whole pro community was literally crying about only $250,000 for first. What? You know, it used to be 400K. Like, just crazy absurd numbers. Then you look at, like, first place in a CSGO tournament, and it's like 15,000. You're like, dude, what are you complaining about? You know what I mean? Like, they kind of, they gave a little the hand that was feeding was given a lot of grapefruit uh you know what i mean they gave a little too much too soon and because of that we we saw this this narrative in the game and look at how long it's taken for you know epic to pull back and now you know you don't see people complaining about the prize pool as much you know we're kind of okay with like 
the West community earning 40K and like the East community earning maybe up to 100K and EU gets a little double that, right? Like we, we're sort of, I guess, settled for the numbers, which are still pretty big. Um, and now they correlate, I guess, more logistically towards the player population from the previous season. So we're seeing a little bit of the why they push certain prize pools up, why some of them are a little bit smaller and things like that. Um, so I just think we saw a little too much too soon. And it's taken a long time for us to get to a point where at least the scene's kind of okay with the prizing. Um, I don't think anyone's overly excited unless you're Europe and you're winning 100K for first. Right. You know, I'm talking about each, right? Which is crazy. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's things like that. I think there was just a lot that came in. Epic has learned so much over the years. And, I mean, the numbers. The numbers continue to give them insight that none of us will ever see or understand. But you have to hope in the, and trust, I guess, in the expertise behind their um, their game, which sometimes, let's be honest, it's hard to do when we see two seasons of SMG come back to back. It, it's hard to believe in the direction of comp when you see that because it's clear competitive players don't like it. Yeah, and uh, BMIC said something great in the chat too. Uh, players like uh, Bronos, uh, Bronos, who um, basically, I mean, compared to any player, has put in crazy amount of times and accomplished a lot. But correct me if I'm wrong, but like it, that's not reflected technically in game. He doesn't have a special emblem. He doesn't have a special title. He doesn't have doesn't have these things. And I do think that players want that. My mom used to work mm -hmm. for Keebler Cookies in the uh, HR department, and she would uh, work on staff incentives. And she always used to tell me how the studies they would do in her college classes and everything would actually point the research towards humans actually being more prone towards a like aesthetic. Uh, form of appreciation than even financial that there's something in humans that is wired towards getting that badge that that employee of the month uh perk i mean you even saw like the the hype around nick Merckx getting to apex predator and apex legends you know just like and now that's you know that, that's such a high a high tiered thing so i definitely think that there is a lot to what you guys are saying in terms of fortnite building out something um in, in that realm it's true and the the issue with fortnite is there's a number attached to your rank, and more importantly, like what BMIC was actually alluding to is the fact that you, you know, the number doesn't really matter because there's no cap. Like you could you could go beyond a million arena points. Like, you know, mm -hmm. it's not the one million arena points that matters. It's like being number one. And how do you how do you show that you're number one? How do you show that you're at the top of the rank? At least with like ELO and MMR systems, you know, that threshold is constantly changing and moving up and down, and you're within you're within a numbered range, a finite range, and you're battling between the opponents in a different way through a measure of skill, not through a measure of time, how much time you put into the game. You know, that, that shouldn't be ever the, the, the factor that determines why you're sitting at the top of the standings. And it's always been like that. I mean, early days of Fortnite when we were doing like the race to 1,000 wins in the game. I mean, I was in the top, quote unquote, 10 people of how many people had a solo victory royales in the game. I played nothing but solos. I was up there with Svenos. I was up there with TSM Smith. I was up there myself. And this is why we all had such a camaraderie, uh, you know, a friendship between one another. But it was like a friendly rivalry and competition because we all knew like, dude, I got to stay on today. I got to get minimal 10 wins, 20 wins today, right? Before I go to sleep, I want to stay on the leaderboard. But it shouldn't be like that. That didn't make any sense. That was a time-based reward system. It didn't work then. And that's why everyone quit after a certain big threshold. Like, oh yeah, nope, Svenos got to 1,000 first. And then no one ever cared about who had the most wins at that point. Like, it literally became irrelevant. It should have never been irrelevant. It should have been seasonal-based, MMR-based, 
something like that. Like there, there is a world even back then they didn't see why this wasn't very helpful to the game, but they should have saw too that people want competition. People yeah. want something to play towards. Well, we're we have we have uh, done a lot of good work, and um, I'll set you guys up for final remarks. Um, but I did want to say to everyone listening, everyone watching live, next time you hear us, we will certainly be talking about Fortnite, and we'll we'll we will be talking about the the developments, positive and negative. We'll we'll have seen more people, both casual and competitive, interact with these new updates. Um, we'll have seen. Um, some of Epic's uh, uh, plans. And so we can't wait to continue the conversation. So please keep bringing your thoughts. Send us your gameplay. Uh, let us know things you're discovering in the game. I would even love if um, on a next episode, we have some, some user-generated content from our community that we can look over and, and your thoughts. Uh, uh, we just love getting to interact with you guys. But uh, DJ Monster, uh, closing, closing remarks on a uh, Fortnite update. I'll, I'll, I'll give us a little bit of a little fun fact for those competitive players. Uh, something that was changed from last season or from previously up until now is storm surge damage intervals have now been increased from five seconds to 10 seconds. So just a oh, small man. little increase that I think will actually go a long way um, when there's just, you know, a few people who need to go down to surge. So And, and that's a whole conversation on its own. And you know what? We'll pick this conversation up next time. We'll let the scene kind of have its tournaments and develop so that mm -hmm. we can go down the how people feel about that or what it, I should say more so, what are the implications of that on the game and how it affects the game? Right. Um, I'll say right now, just so I can leave this seed in your brain, um, there's a side of the community that says this is not skillful. This is uh, detrimental to the way Storm Surge works and it's not going to help. And then the other side says no. This raises the skill ceiling, reason being because we have more time to figure out who we're going to fight, and the best team can win that fight with less pressure from Surge influencing the outcome. So there's a really interesting debate going on, and this is between high-level pros in the community. So more on that as the week goes on and that develops. We'll definitely pick that up instead of taking uh, stabs at guessing what will happen. We'll just let it happen. Um, but my hot take and just my exit messaging for everyone here Check out Fortnite. Play the game. This is going to be a very special first 10 days of the new season. Um, it's what we've all been waiting for. One of the weirder times in the social, uh, you know, hemisphere of, of Fortnite because we had a very, you know, quiet lead up, little promotion. But this is by far the biggest seasonal change we have had in, let's just call it a year, maybe more. This is like literally one of the biggest changes to the game we've seen since release. Uh, maybe as big as like introducing creative to the game. And it's only going to be here for a couple of days. So I really want to encourage you guys to check it out and uh, give it a look. So I'm looking forward to coming back. I'm looking forward to what's going to develop throughout the week. And this has been very fun to talk Mon about. Like, Monster. Oh, I'm stoked. My mind's going. Go ahead, John. Can, can we have, between the three of us, uh, next up, Fortnite show and tell, where we each bring a little clip of our experience at the game? Oh, gosh. Fortnite show and tell? <laughs> I'll... I'll I mean, I'm down. I'm down. Let's go. <laughs> we'll make a game time up. decision, community. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. You just gotta hold me to it. Let's pick a let's pick a little game night window. How about that? Ooh. We'll play trios. We'll toss it up. We'll do like let's put an hour, two hours in. You know what I mean? I'm down. And then and then we could pull from that. So Yo, no we're all playing together when this. Are happens. we gonna stream that? Um, I mean, we can logistically that create all kinds of different things we'd have to figure out to capture gameplay but 
Um, we'll we'll do that though in some capacity. That could be very fun. Love oh, it. Like and then we'll this. bring that show and tell to the live stream, and that could be very fun. Uh, I see the chat resonating with that a lot. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes, man. But listen, guys, for those of you guys that tune into the live, we appreciate you all. Thank you guys for checking in. Another banger episode. We've been live for about an hour um, and a half plus. So if you tune into the live stream, you got to get here a little bit early. Um, John will be chopping this bad boy up and getting it out to us for you audio listeners. Um, we should have this for you all within the next couple of days. Today's the day of update we're releasing. We'll release it down the line just in a little bit. Before we get out of here, though, uh, final words, John, let the people at home know where they can find you, my man. Yeah, at John, J-O-N-W-K-Rush uh, on Twitter and John Rush on Twitch. I'm the best esports commentator you've never heard of. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yo, DJ, go ahead. Let the people know where they can find you, bro. Yo, yo, it's your boy, DJR Love. You can just find me on all socials at DJR Love. Right now, I'm, 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 you know, trying to get in tune with the new season. Working on my drop maps, you know, trying to stay hip to what's going on in the competitive scene. Uh, we'll also keep my ear to these beats, so you already know what's going on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, as always, guys, send all your complaints to me at the Fortnite Podcast at gmail.com. Follow us at Fortnite Podcast on Twitter. And then, of course, you can find me at my social handle at MonsterDFace on everything. Hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. This is episode six of the Practice Makes Perfect. Uh, podcast done live to you guys every single week now airing on Sundays if you want to tune into the live around 8 p.m. Eastern or so we'll keep you guys constantly in the know on practice servers Twitter so we'll see you guys in the next episode don't forget to dance out those kills and boast in those victory royales peace y'all <laughs>